The Motivational Moments podcast is made possible by the generous sponsorship of Prime Information Security, online at www.primeinfosec.com, and with the support of our many subscribers. Thank you. Hello everyone, this is Linda Ockwell Jenner with another Motivational Moments podcast. And it's the new year, it's January 2011, very, very excited to invite to speak with us today Renate Donovan from Emergence Hypnotherapy and Coaching. Hi Renate, how are you today? Hi Linda, I'm very well, yourself? I'm very, very well. I've just come back from um, a wonderful lunch with my husband, so you won't be hearing my tummy grumbling. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for having me with you today. Well, thank you for taking the time, and um, your business in particular is something that interests me. So what I'd like to do is invite you to tell our listeners a little bit about what you do, um, what business you you operate and you're passionate about, and um, we'll take it from there. Well, thank you. I, in the, you know, when you bring it right down, I help people create the lives they want most or the businesses they want most. And uh, I often say I help people in, increase their happiness, health, wisdom, and wealth. And all of them or one of them, depending on the priority. And I am absolutely excitedly passionate about the tools that I use to do that, which are integral coaching and hypnotherapy. And I love, like you, I love inspiring people, motivating people, and just really helping them ensure they know they can do what means the most to them. They can have the life they want. They can uh, fulfill those dreams or those goals or especially this time of year, those resolutions that have been on the shelf and <laughs> tried many times and not succeeded. Well, this can be the year. Wow. Now, um, the first thing I noticed about you when we met um, a couple of months ago is you have a really lovely voice. It's it's calming, and I feel like I could listen to you forever. And do you find this is quite a benefit in your line of work? It's really interesting how sometimes what we often think is our worst trait comes back to be our greatest gift. My whole life, I never liked my voice. I thought it was too low for a mm-hmm. woman's voice. And I thought there was something wrong with it. And when I took my hypnotherapy training, I discovered quite the contrary. Apparently, I have a spectacular hypnotic voice. Now, I'm not using it in a hypnotic way right now, but uh, my classmates said I was the voice that lingered in their heads even Mm -hmm. after the the sessions, that if they wanted to connect with, if we were working on um, stress relief or self-esteem or something and they needed to reconnect with that message they could just hear my voice and it worked for them so I think that's true for so many of us often what we think is our worst trait becomes our greatest gift well I have um, an English accent as you know British and um, I have evidently the worst British accent anyone could have I come from Birmingham and um, it's not posh like the Queen but so many people love to hear me talk so I'm stuck with it I'll make the most of it <laughs> and I'm and I'm one of the people who love the sound of it so now there listen, you go I'm going to kind of take you back in time I don't know whether you take your clients back in time but I'm going to take you back in time if that's okay and ask you the question when you were at high school or, or even college, university, did you always know that this was the kind of work that you wanted to get into? Absolutely not. 
Uh, I was one of those people that spent probably a good 20 or more years trying to figure out what my purpose is, what my calling is, or, you know, as we say when we're children, who I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. I And part of it certainly was in the family and community that I grew up in, no one would have ever said, go be a coach, personal coach, go work in human development, go become a hypnotherapist. Those were completely foreign concepts. And it's one of the reasons I love working so much with people who are who are still trying to really find their purpose because quite often many of us grow up in environments where what is our truth for us mm-hmm. is not understood and therefore not fed and nurtured. And so it actually took me quite a long time, and I have a very eclectic background <laughs> in a lot of areas, but what's been beautiful is this is the place where they all come together. And now I understand why my journey looked the way it did, because they all culminate in what I do now. So there's hope for everybody if they haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> would, would you share with us a little bit of that journey then? I mean, it sounds like you've had a very interesting array of experiences that may have led you to this point. But what are some of those, you know, experiences with work and such like? Well, I can give you an example just in uh, how I started in university, which when I was accepted to university, I was accepted in commerce. And then I moved to economics and political science before I really figured out I'm an arts major. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and behavioral sciences, I have a psychology and English degree. And then from there, of course, had to figure out how to pay bills. And so a variety of in- administrative office roles uh, I actually did work full-time as an artist. Mm. I have been an event planner, a program coordinator, a, I know there's another one in there somewhere, <laughs> and uh, an educator. The one thing that actually has been a thread through my whole life, because there are two, helping people, mm-hmm. and especially helping people follow their truth, mm-hmm. and uh, education. And so my most recent uh, stint, uh, career, has been as a college instructor, instructoral, instructional designer, and coordinator for academic programs. And, uh, of course, so naturally, I still have workshops. I still love educating. Uh, sessions with me always <laughs> end up having some form of learning, because uh, that's my other greatest passion. And it just it just took me a long time of a lot of sampling of a lot of things. But um, personal development growth and has always been a thread, and education and learning have always been threads that have run through that. And creativity in different forms. Well, yeah, and I mean, um, I'm concentrating on the hypnotherapy at the moment for the simple reason it's something that people still, I don't believe, understand. And we have this perception that you'll invite us into your place of work, your office, wherever, and you'll kind of hypnotize us so that we're doing a silly dance and we don't really know who we are or what we do and it's kind of a scary scary idea but really that's not at all what you do is it not at all and i'm so glad you brought that up because i have kind of this personal mission to debunk hypnosis and the myths about it sometimes with hypnotherapy it's it's easiest to talk about what it's not and Media and television and dramatic things have gone a long way to really hurt the hypnotherapy field. Uh, and, of course, they present it in a way that's very attractive for viewers of television. Mm-hmm. Um, hypnosis is not mind control. There, there's actually a different, uh, something like what we often hear about with CIA mind control. 
that's a process where they've starved people, they're cold, um, they're unfed, they haven't eaten for several days, and there's actually a breaking of the psyche that happens. Mm -hmm. That's quite different from hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Hypnosis, first of all, if you come to my office, you're well-fed, you've slept, you're clothed, <laughs> and you've eaten, I hope. <laughs> uh, I said that twice. But, um, and you cannot, if you know you're being hypnotized, nobody can make you do anything that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So it's different from sleep. It's not any form of mind control. It's not mysticism or supernatural. We actually, as humans, cycle in and out of the hypnotic state all day long. It's the three seconds before we fall asleep and the three seconds before we wake up. If you've ever been driving your car and got to your destination and really don't remember how you got there because you were kind of daydreaming, mm -hmm. I know nobody listening has ever done that. Yeah. Um, that was actually the hypnotic state. It's a, f a state of focused concentration and because when you come to my office you know you're being hypnotized you're actually safer than most of us are walking around in our daily lives there is a thing called waking hypnosis and it occurs every time we watch television every time we go to a classroom every time we go to church every time we listen to a politician there's actually a light trance state and so we are in hypnosis constantly, all day long. The difference is when you come here, we're using it for a specific purpose to make a change, overcome an obstacle, improve your life, that sort of thing. I have a question. Sure. And it might sound like a silly question. Um, you mentioned, say, if we're listening to a politician, for instance, I'm going to use that one and be really mean, um, and we can be in this hypnotic trance, did you say? Well, waking hypnosis is a very, very light trance state where we're suggestible. And all you need for waking hypnosis is focused attention, emotions, and an authority figure. Oh, so I don't know about you, but when I'm listening to a politician, I have emotions. <laughs> well, I thought it kind of meant was we kind of put ourselves into this trance so we don't have to listen to the politician. But well, that could happen too. <laughs> but I guess being sensible, I should be sensible. What we do, we are focusing on what the, the politician is telling us. Is that correct? Sometimes we are, yes, listening. <laughs> so this leads and, me back to you. Um, I guess what we would be focusing on, if, if, if we're in your care, is listening to your voice. Is that, is that correct? Well, when you come in to work with me with hypnosis, uh, we do quite an extensive intake, first of all, because we want to be really clear on what your goals are mm -hmm. and what you want it to look like. So success, let's just use successful, that could mean so many things. Um, and even weight loss can mean so many things to so many people. So the f first part of the intake is to spend quite a bit of time getting really clear on what does it look like if you've lost 20 pounds? What kind of clothes are you wearing? Uh, what can you do now? How do you feel? And, and so you're painting a very clear picture on what you want and need, mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be for, whether it's something related to career or um, overcoming depression or anxiety or weight loss or quitting smoking, whatever it is, we want to get really clear on what it looks like to you so that I can use appropriate language. And then the process is really, hypnosis is really just a very deep, relaxed state where the brain goes into theta waves. Scientifically, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so we start with a relaxation process and then what's called a hypnotic induction. And then the language I would use would be to help re-encode the brain to what you want. So I'm actually going to back that up. Everything that we think, feel, believe, 
do comes from encoding in our mind. And uh, a great analogy that I use for folks is if you've ever had a time where your brain, your head is saying to you, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, you know what's going to happen if you do that. Mm-hmm. And your heart is saying, oh, but I love him. And if I go back, <laughs> it'll be different this time. I know she really cares or whatever the story of the yeah. heart is. That's an example of how you could say the subconscious mind is like the heart. Mm-hmm. It has an encoding in it. And even though there's evidence to the contrary, we still follow what's encoded mm-hmm. every time. And we will always act from the subconscious. The subconscious actually runs 90% of the show, despite the fact that we like to think we're very mm-hmm. conscious beings. Mm-hmm. And so... Part of what we're doing in hypnotherapy is making the message in the subconscious match the message in the conscious. So the voice of reason that's saying don't do that uh, now matches the heart and they're in alignment. And so in the hypnotic state, then we can talk to your subconscious mind and we can change that encoding so that you're now believing what you want to believe at every level of your being. And, of course, as a motivational speaker yourself, you know that what we believe we become. Mm -hmm. So really, in many ways, it's a a process of changing what we believe and what we're becoming. Mm -hmm. So um, say, for instance, someone didn't come along to you for help with, you know, weight loss or weight gain or, or, or because they wanted to start a business or a relationship challenge. Say that um, they were having anxiety attacks um, and they were scared and, you know, confused. How do you help someone like that? That's a great question. And it really depends on what the cause of the anxiety is. So there actually is a medical condition of, of an anxiety disorder where mm-hmm. people have panic attacks. Okay. That's different than the fear and stress of opening a business. And so if we have no, so for example, having just recently opened a business, I was raised with a lot of messages about people who own their own businesses never make it, mm-hmm. you're going to go broke. I believe the statistics in Canada are 90% of small businesses go bankrupt in the first year, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And that is actually part of that encoding that we talked about in the subconscious mind, their beliefs operating. And whenever we try and act against an encoded belief, there is a resistance or an anxiety that that comes up. And fears and phobias are also encoded beliefs. And so when we try and do something that's been encoded, so if someone's afraid of heights and they try and do that, that's when that, what it is is the response of the subconscious mind to get us to live out that encoding. So in that case, you know, hypnosis is, a perfect process, it would just depend, there's a, there's a number of, of hypnotic techniques that mm-hmm. you can use, desensitization, regression, direct suggestion, mm-hmm. it, I mean the list is very long, and it's, it really depends on who the person is and what the challenge is, and it may need a variety of those techniques. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the medical condition that's a panic attack, mm-hmm. that's something where um, physician or psychiatrist or whatever medical a practitioner is involved with that should be involved in the hypnosis process as well. It may or may not be something that we want to touch. There may be other things medically and yeah. physically that need to be cared for before we would work with hypnosis. So that's a, a per-case basis there. That's really good to know. Now, 
when you say something is encoded in us or within us, um, does that mean we're never able to change that code or decode ourselves? Does that make any sense? Because I'm, yes. I'm a layman here. I, I've got no idea. <laughs> but does it mean basically if, if we are... Um, okay, say if um, my brother said to me, you'll never be successful in business... Um, when I was quite younger, I would have taken that, that to heart and I would have believed him. So does that mean it's now encoded in me and I'll never, ever feel a different way? Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Or is it something we're born with? No, it's something that, um, just exactly like you said, when you're bre we're not born with it. We're actually born... Well, that's actually not true. There is some... Um, there are some things we are born with, like your body knows how to breathe, knows how to digest food, knows how to, to run itself. Uh, those are innate, and we are born with certain innate instincts like fight or flight. So if we're really scared or we're really upset or feel hurt, we either lash out and attack at p people or we run away. Mm -hmm. That's the fight or flight. Those are kind of encoded. Um, uh, we're born with that. And then there is, a, there is a whole other category of belief systems that get put on us as we grow up. And they're usually put on us to protect us. I mean, most of the time our families think that that's what we're, they're supposed to be teaching us. They were taught it, society perpetuates it, and, and they're really trying to do good for us. Mm -hmm. um, so your brother making, that example of your brother making a statement, that would be encoding that is changeable. Okay, so naturally wanting to breathe oxygen is not changeable. Being human, being alive means we naturally, our body will breathe. Mm -hmm. Even if you try and hold your breath, eventually <laughs> yeah. you're going to, your body's going to make you breathe. Okay. Um, but something like a belief system or a thought or a paradigm, uh, a worldview, something like your brother making that comment, mm -hmm. that can become encoded and we can actually live it out at a very real level. It is very real. Mm -hmm. The great news is it's changeable. And they're learning more and more about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to change itself all the time. And at one point they thought certain things in the brain were not changeable, that we you're born with a number of nerves and neurons in the brain that you're ever going to have and they're only going to look one way and once you get to a certain age they don't change and now they're discovering that's actually not true. The brain changes itself all the time and we as humans can learn right up until the day we die. We can be in our 90s and still learn. So learning is a process of changing brain structures. It's also a process of changing mental encoding. So that's actually the foundation of hypnotherapy and, and pretty much what we do with, with inspiring and motivational speaking and professional development, that's what we're trying to do is, is work with people to change that encoding. So there's tons of hope for us. Mm, it sounds absolutely fabulous. So I do believe you've just moved to um, um, Waterloo Region. So where were you based before in Canada? So I was actually born and raised in in the um, Brampton, Mississauga area. Oh, okay. I lived in Ottawa, Edmonton, and Calgary was my most recent. I lived in Calgary for eight years. So I was out west in Alberta for mm -hmm. 15, 16 years. And all my family are here. I have uh, some wonderful family, nieces, cousins, nephews, and I, it was just time to come back and be near them again. Mm -hmm. So I think about four months I'm up to now. 
So my next question would be, um, you have a fantastic business, and I'm guessing you were very well established um, in the places you lived before. So do you find it um, challenging um, building your business, even though it's very successful? Do you find it challenging building your business once you do move to a new area? And if so, what are some of those challenges that you face? Well, <laughs> I... My understanding from listening to everyone else's uncoding is I'm supposed to find it difficult. <laughs> I have found, which I think is a perfect example of how when we buy in to the mass consciousness of things, we mm -hmm. can become it without yeah. intending to. <laughs> I have actually not found it extremely difficult at all, and I think I, I credit it entirely to how amazing the people in Kitchener-Waterloo are. Oh. I have just been embraced by this community and so many people have said, oh yeah, come on, come out to this and meet all these people and come over here and, and oh, we're good. doing this, come and be part of it. And, and good. like yourself and the Small Business Community Network and, and oh. I have just found it incredible meeting people. Already people say to me, do you know so-and-so? Oh yeah, I've met so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I've just loved, I'm, I'm so glad that I've moved here because I've just found it a very welcoming, open wonderful community and but then I'm also out there networking and on social media and and doing all the things they do tell you to do if you're building a business. And so. you know, I'm going to jump in there and say it does have a lot to do with personality type. Um you are the kind of person that will reach out and help yourself, but I'm often asked when people do come into this um this region to introduce them to people so they can get to know people just like you. But sometimes they don't want to help themselves and they want everybody to go to them. So it's a two-way um, two thing, isn't it, really? We have to reach out and people will help us. But if we expect people to help us and they don't even know, so your personality, you're very open, you're very caring, you're very giving. And I think this endears people to you and they want to get to know you. Would you agree? Oh, thank you so much. That's such a wonderful compliment. Oh. And actually, this is where I get to make a shameless plug for the benefits of hypnosis. <laughs> because a year ago, I would have told you I despise networking. Mm -hmm. I am, believe it or not, naturally an introvert. One-on-one -on -one conversations, very comfortable. And, <laughs> and even though I've been an instructor for a long time and I'm very comfortable in front of a classroom, Going out to a group of total strangers and saying, hi, I've just moved here and, and and getting to know them, whether it's looking for suppliers for my own business or making friends and building community and just getting to know, making a contribution to this new home of mine, I would never have done it a year ago. And I knew that if I was going to move to a new place, you know, I'm not in school anymore, I'm getting older, they all say it's supposed to be so hard to make friends when you're <laughs> past a certain age. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to go yeah. to events and, and be involved and talk to people and, and wow. find everything from my dentist to my hairdresser to yeah. office space. to And so I started a year ago um, doing self-hypnosis to love networking. Oh, nice. And now you've seen me in action. Do I? Yes. Do I would you have ever nope. thought that I would hate networking? Nope. No, yeah. no, I, I, no, definitely not. And... Um, I guess what I normally do is ask if you can offer three tips to our listeners out there, whether they are actually in business already or thinking about starting a business or the high school students and, and the college students. What would be three tips you would offer to them that would help them on their life's journey? 
Well, I think one, the first tip is, is not going to be any surprise. So many people have said it, and it's so true. And I'm, I'm just going to quote Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss. Um, that thing that we love to do most, that we're most passionate about, that we could do all day long, probably has keys in it for a really satisfying and happy life, whether it's your career or in other capacities. So follow your truth, your purpose, your bliss, however you want to say that. Uh, the second thing is surround yourself with people who support you for who you are and support your dreams no matter how crazy they are. If you can't find an actual real live person who can support you, then look for image makers in the world, people who have done something crazy that everyone said could never be done. I always I have a list of people like the Wright brothers and, you know, things like walking on the moon and, and all these things that everyone said was impossible and when I'm having a down day I read them all <laughs> and remind myself that all those things were impossible until someone did them. Mm-hmm. And um you know, the third one, hmm, a third one, probably give as much as you receive. Wonderful, wonderful tips. And you inspire me to make some changes in my life. And obviously sometimes, even as a motivational speaker and a successful business owner, sometimes I have my down days. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about that before. You're focusing on people who've done things that we thought were impossible, and they've proved us wrong. So basically, you've inspired me today as well. Now, I'm glad. <laughs> There's a wonderful phenomenon with, uh, for many, many years, they said uh, it was impossible for a human to run a mile in one minute. And for a really long time, nobody could. Mm-hmm. And then once the first person ran a mile in a minute, then all of a sudden a whole bunch of other people were running a mile a minute, and, and now it's it's quite common. Well, I shouldn't say it's quite common. It's common in certain athletic circles. Yeah, yeah. But once we, once someone does it once, then it becomes possible for a much wider range. So just keep focusing on those ones who have done it or done something very similar mm-hmm. if you're breaking the ground yourself. And I think you will agree that um, sometimes we tend to focus on the negatives and if we are told we can't do something we have all these little voices in our head saying well obviously you can't do it because you were told by a b and c and then we should seek out people such as yourself who can help us um, not focus on the negatives but help us believe in ourselves and whether you are our coach or whether you are our hypnotherapist, you can help us in many, many ways. And this is why I wanted to ask you, would you like to share with our listeners how we can connect with you if you have a website, email, and what events you may have coming up in the future? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm actually quite easy to find. My website is Emergence. You just have to be very careful how you type it. <laughs> emergence, as in emerging, but emergence, C-E, hypnotherapy.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to email me, you, my email address is simply renata at emergencehypnotherapy.com. Or if you go to the website, emergencehypnotherapy.com, right on the home page and under the Contact Us page is... Um, a form that you can just fill in and send me an email. Okay, great. And how about events? And Have you got some events coming up in the future? 
I have some wonderful, I'm so glad you asked that again. I have some wonderful workshops coming up. Um, of course, being the new year, one of my favorites is Your Best Year Yet, which is a process I've used for the last eight years. And every year really has been better than the year before. And I have a fantastic weight loss program. You're going to love this. No diet. It's mm. not about the food. Mm. It's about what we're encoded to believe about weight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I'm perimenopause program because so many menopausal symptoms are treatable with hypnosis and I have a personal mission to help reduce even just a little bit of hormone replacement therapy. And then I have some wonderful ones on, on stress and building your business and just general if you're interested in learning self-hypnosis so you can help yourself with every situation in your life. Uh, there's a couple of sections of self-hypnosis. And uh, more will come and they're all up on the website and if anybody has a request, mm -hmm. I'm always looking for ideas. So. Oh wow! I'm I'm looking at the website now. It's jam packed full of all these helpful workshops. I'm really really excited. Also, um, I'll share with you and I'll share with the listeners that many many years ago, I did um, have help from a hypnotherapist in England, and I totally believe in it, and I know exactly how it helped me, and I'm not at all scared of the word, and I understand it. So I do like to try and raise awareness and promote it because. Sometimes in life, we don't know where to go for help. It mm -hmm. could be we don't know whether to go to our, you know, parents or our health care um, or our counsellor. And sometimes it's not medication that you need. As long as we check with our health professionals first, that it's not medication. You know, we don't need to take a tablet or medication. We don't know the next step where to go. So this is why I was excited to interview you today because I want people to not think you know hypnotherapy is like when you get up on the stage and you make us do a dance like I said earlier I want people to take it seriously and know that you guys can help us in many many different ways so if anybody ever wants to ask me about it I'd say it's helped me tremendously and I can um, self-hypnotize myself and relax myself and as you know having two cancer moments um i didn't have a panic attack um i was able to relax myself and 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 talk myself into the right i believe frame of mind and so it's helped me so i think you're going to help lots and lots of people now that um your business is gaining momentum and maybe in six months time i like to invite people back if they do have the time and find out how far you know how good the year's been to you and if you've got anything new to share with us and it really, really does help people out there to know that we are moving on and we're not standing still and we didn't just turn up today and say we're hugely successful, but in six months' time we've disappeared from the face of the earth. That would be fantastic. And uh, I know we're running, getting close to the end, but I just wanted to also throw out to anybody who's listening that if you're interested in, and I also think there's um, this huge difference between stage hypnotism, mm -hmm. which you're talking about, and yeah. hypnotherapy, mm. And uh, But if anyone's thinking about finding help from a hypnotherapist and you're not in Kitchener-Waterloo, uh, some things they should look for is the type of training the person has had because not all schools are created equally. So you really want to make sure the person's had a minimum of 150 hours of training, more if possible, mm -hmm. um, that you really feel safe and that they're operating from a really high code of ethics because mm -hmm. the rule of the purpose of the subconscious mind is to protect us. So it actually won't let you go into hypnosis if you don't feel like you're in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also really want to make sure that whatever the issue is, is actually treatable with hypnosis. 
So those would be the three things. Have a really long conversation. And I'll also invite anyone listening, if they, if you just have questions about hypnotherapy in general and you're not in this area or you just want to know, they're more than welcome to just call and, and I'd be happy to just share general knowledge about the hypnotic, hypnosis field in general. So. Well, thank you for that. It's really, it's really positive to be able to offer people that kind of help because it is difficult to find out who you can trust and who you can work with. So coming to someone like you who's willing to say, well, I can't help you, but I know somebody who can, that's absolutely fabulous. So we're not running out of time. We've got plenty more time. Okay. So if there's anything at all you want to add, please add it. Um, and if not, um, I'd just like to say thank you. And I know you're a busy lady and you've taken the time today out of your busy schedule. Um, and, you know, that people can come and contact you is absolutely fabulous. Is there anything else you want to add at all, my darling, before we finish? Well, I think actually it actually ties to something you were speaking about earlier, um, which is the elephant story. Oh. Uh, you were saying something about how we often don't know yeah. that we can do things. Yeah. And there was a, and unfortunately I can't remember the dates of when this happened, but several years ago, a horrible fire in a circus where several elephants died um, oh. because they were tied up by a thin little rope. And uh, they, because they were tied up, they didn't try and escape. And what happens is when the elephants are baby elephants in the circus, they tie them with these great big huge strong chains. And the baby elephants try and try and try and try and try to break the chain. And of course they cannot because they're small baby elephants and this is a really strong chain. But then what happens is as the elephant grows up, it's now been encoded with the belief uh, that the chain is too strong to break. And so even when they become a big strong adult elephant, if they move their leg and they feel any kind of pressure at all, they just believe it's still the chain and they're mm. not capable of breaking it, which is why you can tie a big, strong elephant up with a tiny little rope. Unfortunately, a lot of times humans work the same way. You know, we've been told something and when we were small, we couldn't exercise our power. We were mm -hmm. at the effect of other people because we were little. And we grow up believing that, that we're still bound by that chain. And I know a lot of what you do and certainly a lot of what I do is, first of all, help people recognize their big, strong, grown-up elephants. Yeah. And it's not a chain. And, in fact, it may not even be a rope. And if it is, it can certainly be easily snapped. And you can walk away and have the life you desire. So. Wow, what a fantastic story to leave us with. And in fact, I'm very sentimental and it did make me sad to think of the poor elephants and I just wish they could, you know, have your kind of help as well and you could, you know, tell the elephant that they can escape. More and more now, and this is off topic, but I have to say more and more now, I think we are realizing that the way we treat elephants and, and some zoos and some fairgrounds and places like that are realizing it's not good, is it, to have our animals tied up and get them to, to do tricks. So I think it's wonderful that we're moving in that direction. But I still get sad when I do hear about those kinds of things. But imagine a human being having that feeling in the head all the time. So I'm glad you're there to help people. I'm looking forward to meeting you again in person because you are a really, really positive influence on my life in particular. And thank you again for taking this time to be interviewed. And um, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much. And I so appreciate you and 
all of your vast contributions and your inspiration. You inspire me oh, right now. We, we, we are so good to each other, telling each other how nice we are. <laughs> we have a love fest going. <laughs> you know what, though? I feel that if more people did say these kinds of things, it brings a smile to your face and we all want to be appreciated. And sometimes we don't get even a small smile or a small thank you. And this is how the world can be made a happier place. So I'm going to finish now, say thank you very much, and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye for now.